0: This is MJ, I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer, you can find all my work at mjmuenos.com. Welcome to my fully operational Star Wars analysis. Join me on my fifth leg of the journey towards Ahsoka. I'm talking about The Empire Strikes Back, a lot of people's favorite Star Wars movie of all time! It's not my favorite Star Wars movie of all time. (laughs) Uh, but it is good it's a good movie and I'm going to talk about it now Uh, I started off in Phantom Menace and I've worked my way through the prequel trilogy and now I'm at the turning point of the sequel trilogy or the redemption of Anakin Skywalker so I I like this movie a lot Uh, something that came to my mind is In order for... So... (laughs) So... It's very interesting, because we have a Dark Lord of the Sith tempting a powerful young Jedi who has incredible force potential to join him and end the Civil War and the fighting that's going on, and uh, it's really interesting. Because, of course, in Revenge of the Sith we get to see Anakin be presented with the choice to become Darth Sidious' apprentice. And he took it, and in order to do that, he uh, betrayed the Jedi and murdered a lot of people and uh, helped get a Jedi Master who didn't like him very much and who he didn't like very much killed. So, it's interesting that Anakin's downfall came because he was trying to save the life of Padme, and the unborn child. And he was warned about the potential death of them by visions that he had that just came to him at night while he was sleeping. Uh, You know, visions in his dreams. And Luke, while he's training on Dagobah, and assumedly, you know, for a couple weeks or something like that, he's training on Dagobah, and he's already uh, failed this one test where he confronts the dark side in that cave with Yoda... Or, I mean, not with Yoda, but at Yoda's insistence or guidance. And uh, he's learning more about the Force. He's becoming more in tune with it. He's, you know, advancing as a Jedi, or advancing as far as his level of training is concerned. Of course, he's nowhere near where Anakin was at the same time. Or, you know, he's years younger than Anakin, so... But still, Anakin spent the time from he when he was 10 to the time that he was uh, Luke's age, 19... Um you know training as a padawan under Obi-Wan and Yoda has been training Luke intensively for the last few weeks so you know the gap between them is huge it's, it's a chasm it's an absolute chasm that separates them however Luke is as he's using the force to you know train himself and practice being in touch with it in tune with the force he gets these visions of Leia and Han suffering and potentially dying he leaves Dagobah, he doesn't complete his training, he leaves early in order to stop them from being killed by Vader and by the Empire and we don't know if he knows who is hurting them directly or not but he sees them suffering and he chooses to abandon his master's training and go in pursuit of saving them, go on his own way in order to stop their suffering and Yoda tells him that he should let them die he should stay there on Dagobah and continue his training and potentially let them die because Luke raises the question what if they die and he says if you value what they are fighting for and everything that they've done you." uh," Luke says and sacrifice Han and Leia he says if you value what they have worked for then yes you will and I find that very interesting. I find that very challenging. Luke obviously does the wrong thing. He doesn't fall to the dark side. I don't think he's tempted to fall to the dark side at this point. But he parallels Anakin very much. And again, he leaves his master. He doesn't listen to what Yoda says. He doesn't accept the doom of these people that he cares for. And instead he goes off on his own to save them. Now... Anakin, or Vader, offers, <laughs> this is so, so painful, Vader offers Luke what he offered Padme years ago, 20 years ago. Join me, and together we can rule the galaxy. He tells him, you, he, he tells uh, Padme, I can overthrow the Emperor, and then you and I can rule the galaxy together, and we can make things be the way we want them to be. Sidious also tempts Anakin by saying that he will bring peace to the galaxy. He will end the Clone Wars and that, uh, you know, Anakin's convinced that he has brought peace, justice, uh, and security, I think, uh, to his new empire. And it's interesting because we do have these parallels. The, The galaxy is in a state of civil war right now because of the rebel alliance fighting against the Empire. Fighting to overthrow the Empire. Whereas we had the the CIS, the Confederation of Independent Systems, fighting to have independence and autonomy and self-rule breaking away from the Galactic Republic. So, it's interesting the way that there's these parallels. There's the civil war, there's the temptation to end the war because Vader says that. He says we can end this point. I think he says we can end this pointless fighting. And uh, I really feel... Like Anakin is being woken up at this time, (coughs) excuse me, in this confrontation that he's having with Luke, because he, Vader looks so disappointed when Luke chooses to jump to his death, uh, ostensibly, uh, as opposed to join him. It doesn't directly mirror what happened with Padme, because she just said, No, I can't do this, and, you you know, you're breaking my heart and all this stuff, you know, I can't follow you. She essentially says the same thing, but she doesn't, you know, try to kill herself on Mustafar. He, he does that for her um, with the, the force choke. Um, but it's interesting because he, when he, he's holding up his hand, offering to Luke and saying, basically he's extending the hand to him, come here, take my hand and come with me and we'll overthrow the Emperor and we'll rule and we'll make things the way we want them to be. It's very much the same plea. It, it, the bones, the heart, the soul is Anakin even though the uh, the shell is Vader. So it's the same guy with the same wants and needs and the same longing for his family. Uh, and, I mean, really, if you think about it, this is the son that he was trying to save all those years ago. Every youngling that he murdered, uh, <sighs> he traded their lives for Luke's. And... That still has to be with him in some way. And... Because it's fiction. <laughs> and because I saw it the wrong way originally. It still it still feels... It's not okay. It's not okay what happened. It doesn't make it okay. But it makes the... It makes all the sacrifice and all the bloodshed... And all the evil that he's done, pointless. It almost nullifies it. It's almost like the Greek tragedy type of thing. On the path that you take to avoid your destiny, you will meet it. Had Anakin done nothing, had he pulled back, had he run away with Padme, had he not fallen to the dark side and become Darth Vader, wouldn't his children be alive today? Wouldn't his wife be alive? Because, in spite of him, ...becoming Darth Vader... (laughs) ...I guess because of him becoming Darth Vader... ...Padme died. I don't think, you know, she died of a broken heart, whatever. I don't think she would have died... ...unless he had force-choked her. And maybe... ...well, I don't know. It's possible that the Emperor, that Sidious... ...did something to her as well... ...and killed her from afar. We've seen... uh, ...Vader in Empire Strikes Back kill somebody over <laughs> the holonet. Like, you know, he's got a, a view screen pulled up because he's mad at somebody for making the wrong move and he kills him from a ship away. Surely, uh, Sidious is even more powerful in the dark side and he could be killing Padme from across the galaxy, even though he's not that far. She was on... I don't know how far far is. From... But he was in route, you know? He could have killed her there. Um, I also don't know where the meteor field or whatever was where... Anyway, the point is... I'm sure, if Lucas needed to be the case, it could be clear, clear cut, to the audience at least that Sidious is the one that actually killed Padme. The fact that their, her, you know, their children live, that the, the twins live and go off somewhere else, and it's hidden from Vader and Sidious, uh, it just makes it all the more tragic because. The children lived anyway, in spite of him becoming Vader, in spite of him attacking her, in spite of Sidious attacking Padme. And had they gone off somewhere else, maybe Sidious would have killed uh, her, but Anakin would have known that it was the Sith and not the Jedi, or I I presume. And it would have been an an entirely different story, but that's not the story we got. We got the tragic fall and failing of Anakin. And uh, because I'm... So attached to, and I like the character of Anakin so much, the whole fall of him in Revenge of the Sith hurts. And seeing the little echoes of Anakin within Vader, uh, of him uh, leading his men from the front, and getting into the fight, and getting into the tie, and going after the Death Star, uh, the, um, yeah, the X Wings as they're attacking the Death Star, all of those things are so Anakin. He's trying to save people's lives. Believe it or not. Um, and then here, he's trying to reach out to his son, and he's trying to take him in, and he's trying to overthrow the Emperor, just like he did 20 years ago. The way of the Sith is treachery, but it's also consistent, and... gosh, I don't know. It's weird. It's really weird, and it's uncomfortable, and it makes it hurt more, and I I think that's good. I, I think it should stay tragic. Um... You know, it's awful for Luke that he clearly wants a connection. Like he clearly has affection for his dead father, who he's never met, who presumably was dead before he was born. I think that's the the lie that Anakin or that uh, that the Lars tell him. And if you want to say that Anakin was killed by Vader, then yeah, technically it's true. But still, but of course, it's only true from a certain point of view. By the way. I think based on the films only, it is canon that the certain point of view thing comes from Anakin telling Obi-Wan, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. (laughs) And then he carries that through. (laughs) It's kind of messed up. Anyway. um, But yeah, so, I like that Luke likes this ghost of his father so much. And, (sighs) you know, Vader is, like, the ghost of Anakin. The the evil, you know, haunting, nightmarish, you know, poltergeist of Anakin. And Luke wants to fight against that. And he, he first wants revenge against Vader, which is not the Jedi way. And then when it turns out that he is Vader, that he is his father, that he is Anakin, that <sighs> shocks and astonishes Luke, and he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to handle it. I don't know if he willingly leapt to his death because he was afraid that he might fall to the dark side just to get a chance to be reunited with his father or to be with his father for the first time in his life and have that relationship or if... <laughs> if he was scared of Vader or if he really just had the moral... Uh, high ground <laughs> to say, no, I will not fall to the dark side because he knew that, you know, Vader killed Ben who, honestly, even though they spent such an extremely, a dramatically short amount of time with each other, Ben was more of a father to Luke than Anakin ever was. And, wow, that's, that hurts. That hurts to say. Um, and maybe Uh, I mean, Owen was a father to Anakin as well. And at Vader's order, at the order of the Empire, the stormtroopers murdered Luke's aunt and uncle, who were his mother and father. And then Vader himself, with his own lightsaber, murdered Ben, or he tried to. And now, that lightsaber has cut off Luke's hand, and he's asking for him to join him. So... If Luke were to join Vader, he would be sanctioning and agreeing with and aligning himself with the man that killed all the family that Luke had ever known, and the thing that makes it worse is that he is his father, by blood at least, and I, that's like, <laughs> that's shocking, that's flabbergasting, that's never really occurred to me to think about it from Luke's perspective in that, Vader had taken all of Luke's family that he'd known up to that point and was a traitor... was a traitor to the Jedi, was a traitor to the ideals that Luke had been learning about and the philosophy that he had been learning. And, of course, the philosophy doesn't matter unless it's... uh, the difference in philosophy causes you to murder people who are innocent uh, versus defend people who are innocent. Um... But yeah, that's... I mean, that, that had to have been such a shocker. Um, and that's really wild. Anyway, I think a lot of people like The Empire Strikes Back so much because of all the losses that the rebels take. They're on the run. They're on the back foot. They do not have the advantage. The Empire has the advantage and is pressing and gaining more advantage as each minute of the film ticks by. And that's definitely true. yes. Luke is training under Yoda he is you know being trained as a Jedi but uh, as Vader so aptly says he is not a Jedi yet and he doesn't have the full training that he needs to be able to resist him either you know spiritually emotionally or physically or you know in the force and I think all that's rather interesting we have the great boon the great potential for Vader to bring Luke into the fold as a Sith trainee or whatever the case may be. Uh, I don't know what role they would put him in but the Emperor invites Vader well, that's not true. Vader suggests to the Emperor that Luke could be turned and he could become and 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 Velveteen agrees that he could be a great asset. I find it interesting though in a, thinking about that scene again the Emperor doesn't say who he would be an asset for. Would Luke be his perfect replacement to throw over Vader, who's more machine than man now, whose force potential has been seemingly stripped from him, uh, also he's, you know, 20 years older than Luke, so just, would having a more youthful apprentice be better, um, I don't really know, um, as much as there are parallels between Luke and Anakin, Luke has had a much healthier upbringing, and has had a more stable upbringing, but it's also been devoid of the force training, so... I guess you could say from the Emperor's perspective, from Sidious' perspective, if Luke has barely had any Force training or barely had any Jedi training and Anakin had over a decade, how much more so would it be easy to strip down Luke's defenses and bring him into the fold and bring him into the dark side and cause him to be a Sith? And again, if he's younger, if he's more able-bodied, if he has more potential or equal potential, wouldn't you want somebody who's young and robust and has years ahead of him for you to train uh, as opposed to somebody who's become deteriorated in many ways? Um, so, anyway, that's that's an idea right there. And maybe even folding in stuff from uh, the EU or the later uh, the sequel trilogy, maybe even Luke would be an even better potential host for Palpatine... Sidious to transfer himself into at some point, uh, so that's kind of interesting. Anyway, getting back to, uh, all the losses that the rebels take, and, you know, the disadvantage that they have over the Empire, uh, it is impressive, It, it does make the Empire feel like a legitimate threat, they have a lot of narrow escapes, um, and Vader takes out a bunch of his men, uh, And it certainly makes him feel like a threat, and, you know, it makes you... It it raises the threat of Vader to the point that you think, well, how could Luke defend himself against Vader at all? And that brings up another question. You know, why doesn't Vader just force-choke Luke and bring him into submission like that? Perhaps, uh, in a duel, he wouldn't be able to for reasons of concentration. Perhaps Luke has been trained to throw up defenses... And uh, he has things that will help him to repel dark side attacks of that nature, and that's why, you know, with the Force guiding them, Jedi and Sith uh, duel like they do as opposed to just attacking each other with the Force. Similar to like what we saw with uh, Dooku and Yoda, and then later uh, Sidious and Yoda, but they ended up going back and forth because they're at such a higher level um, of kinship with the Force and, and being able to use it. So. I don't know, that's kind of interesting. But yeah, I mean, this this story is absolutely tragic, and the heights of it are great. Uh, You know, the disadvantage that the Rebels have is good. Uh, The budding romance between Han and Leia is interesting. I really like their dynamics, I like all their interactions. Um, I like uh, Leia's distrust and discomfort with Lando, and the fact that he turns out to be a traitor to them. But then he's not really a traitor, and that's all super interesting. uh, But I think it's a conversation for another time. Um, I like how at the end, you know, Han's been taken off. He's in Carbonite. Lando is strangely wearing his clothes, which doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Um, And he's going off to try to help, you know, track him down and free him from Boba Fett, or Boba Fett, as some people might call him. Uh, And gosh, that's interesting. But I find it more interesting that. Uh, Luke and Leia are in, essentially, their outfits from A New Hope, and they've kind of reset, and they're at safety and at, you know, base camp or whatever, and, you know, this journey is over, but the way they're looking out at that nebula or whatever, and and enjoying the vista, uh, and then we get to see all those ships in the Rebel fleet, um, you know, there still is hope. Despite the gains and the victories that the Empire has had, there's still a chance for... uh, for the Rebels to come out and to have a victory and to, you know, come to the other side of this this very dark place that they're in and, you know, come into the light and everything. And that's that's cool. That's interesting. I like that. As dark as it was, it ends on a hopeful note. And... I really like it. <laughs> I really like it. I like that, you know, Luke is... Lo- well, anyway. He says he'll go back and complete his training, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, I want to... I didn't. I think I forgot to mention this earlier and I wanted to really badly, so I'm going to just say it real quick before I go. Uh, at one point in Bespin, in the pits, right before Luke's knocked out onto that uh, walkway and then he's backed off into the corner where he gets his hand cut off, uh, Vader at one point, Luke's walking through a hallway, Vader at one point, I think he, he has to be holding or suppressing his breath for some time, he, which is potentially putting his life in danger uh, in order to be quiet so that he can stealthily attack Luke and uh, I've heard it referred to as a jump scare. And it, it technically is. It did surprise me too. Um, and it's cool because it, the, I think the, there's no music in the moment. It's very quiet. And then when Vader attacks, then his breathing kicks back in. But it implies that he uh, you know, suppressed his breathing in order to uh, you know, trap Luke, like I said. So that's kind of a, a fun and interesting point, And it's something I never thought about. or uh, I hadn't thought about too much before. But if you think about the way Vader has to operate, you know it means that he, he must have done that on purpose. And that's kind of it's cool to to think about, um, you know, Vader, Anakin using even his you know suits, the reality of it, the way his suit works and the way uh, you know everybody can hear that breathing to his advantage in order to make a surprise attack. And it shows like the desperation and the the desperation, the dedication and. The like, tactical cleverness that this guy uses uh, on a daily basis, <laughs> you could say, uh, to get done what he needs to get done. So, I appreciate that and I think that's cool. And, I don't know, thinking about Vader and looking at him as Anakin and now having Luke know that, even though he didn't know Anakin's history before, I just, I, it just it just makes things more interesting more exciting, I think. Um, maybe that's why I just liked the way Vader... And Anakin were handled in the sequel trilogy because he should have gotten a lot more he should have had a lot more involvement and had a lot more exposure and a lot more uh you know, weight in the story, but he didn't. So anyway. Um I don't really think I have anything else to say. I liked this movie. Oh, I I came up with a joking title for it. This could be Star Wars Episode five, The Jedi Conspiracy. Here the Jedi Conspiracy is uh the Jedi conspiracy is Obi-Wan and Yoda keeping from Luke that his father is Anakin and then later that his sister is you (laughs) know so that's kind of interesting kind of fun so anyway that concludes my coverage of The Empire Strikes Back and next I'll be talking about Return of the Jedi and then I'll talk about that Ahsoka show and we'll see if it's good together anyway until next time folks take care this is MJ signing out I hope you enjoyed that Go to MJMunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.